We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere. Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partner impossible at KC Sports Network with the KCSN Draft Guide. Wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, really have enjoyed uh, partnering with them. Uh, we got lots of stuff. Here to help me, my pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie under ACSN. Uh, avid Duke Blue Devils fan, Maddie Lane. Hello. <laughs> That's bold, but yeah, go Duke. Uh, I hope they win it all because that is, I am a <laughs> lifelong Duke fan. Because as all of you that follow me know, I do a lot of tweeting about college basketball. All um, of it. I also don't know what to do with my hands because the draft guide is done and like, I don't know what to do now. We have now entered this very awkward moment for the next month waiting for the draft to start because there's this weird dead period and I don't know what to do now besides uh, go Duke with whatever Duke chant you have. Oof, gross. <laughs> On this network of any, of all things, just gross. Do you want to um, root for the Tar Heels instead? I can do that too. Just yes. gross. I, I mean, we, just... We need the yeah, Roy Bowl. Anyway. In North Carolina. Yeah, no, it's weird because like the Chiefs have all this draft capital. We don't know if they're going to keep it all before they get to the draft. So we're just kind of waiting for a shoe to drop there or we're waiting to get to the draft. So the Chiefs can spend 12 picks trying to improve their roster. Surely they're not spending 12, but still like it, it's a weird time right now because free agency is more or less over and you just killing time until the draft. So. Yeah, real weird, weird time. You don't you don't think they're spending four late round seven picks to try to make Listen, the roster in one Brett year? Brett lives to pick three times at the very end of the in rapid succession. Bam, bam, bam. He's got guys. He's got guys lined up. I I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe they trade. Maybe they trade some of these out. It'll be interesting. Are there any? We got. We got a few things we're going to look at today. We're going to talk about some of the rumors. We're going to do some perfect fits at the cornerback position. Uh, and then we got something fun at the end. We'll see how it goes. A couple of Maddie Lane ideas, which are honestly like probably our best, best ideas ones. on this mm -hmm. show. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give those a go later. 
Uh, but we're going to talk about the Chiefs rumors out there that the Chiefs are actively pursuing a veteran receiver. Varying opinions on what that means uh, out there in the universe. But it does seem like they're, according to Diana Rossini, Rossini the Chiefs are looking and actively trying to identify potential receivers uh, that, uh, that, that could be out there. I'm not too surprised by this, Maddie. Honestly, like I think this, I think this makes sense. I don't know how you feel. Well, the, I think you have to start. the The original quote was very vague, and it leaves a lot of wiggle room here. So, like, it is really hard to pin down what exactly is meant by the comments. Essentially, it was the Chiefs are putting out calls to teams inquiring about their top receivers, plural. So, like, when you're looking at a team's top receivers. What is that? Does that mean wide receiver one for that team? Two, three? Like what what is the top receiver for a team? Like or top receivers? Like I think immediately the way it was phrased that everybody saw was the Chiefs were out looking for a top receiver. Like, and everyone took that as an upper tier, you know, wide receiver one. Everybody's freaking out about is it Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf? Who which one of these top guys are they trying to trade for? And lo and behold, like it could very well be a wide receiver three from the New England Patriots, like Nelson Aguilar. You could tell me that's a you could tell me that's a top wide receiver for the Patriots, which is exactly what was said. So like quote, it's a yeah. very vague quote that gives you a lot of outs to be right or wrong, which essentially is just the way Andy Reid speaks about everything when related to football. Nope. I refuse to read it that way. Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown incoming to the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It's gonna be great, guys. Everything's fit. No, it's that's exactly what it is. I think the Chiefs are getting the lay of the land in the wide receiver group. It it could be that they're trying to actively trade for a guy that maybe they liked in a previous draft. Um, you know, we go through some of those guys. Jalen Rieger is a guy from Philadelphia that just has kind of fallen out of favor, and there were lots of rumors about him leading up to that draft and Kansas City being. Okay, we said top wide receivers. So I like, know. I'm not ready nobody's, to go jazzed, to nobody's jazzed about that, but that doesn't mean that that's not one of the Eagles' top receivers. So I'm. Yeah. It does. It's varying degrees there. It could also be a situation where the Chiefs are calling to figure out how much these teams value these guys. Not necessarily about just 2022, but, you know, getting the lay of the land. You guys planning on getting these guys for a contract? You know, we'll give you this. And they're going, ah, he's part of our long-term plans. It's like, okay. So maybe they're not as interested in a wide receiver at this point in the draft. And, you know, just kind of making sure they understand where everything is because it's clear that this team does still want to add to this wide receiver room. They are not done. So, figuring out where everybody else is, where everybody else is comfortable and seeing if you can call and maybe there's a dude available that you didn't think was available that you think is a perfect fit. I mean, it just makes sense, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the chiefs are about to get Cooper cup by any means. So I, you know, I think people jumped on that quickly. I'm not sure that that's the case in this scenario. Can we get an age check? (laughs) There's there's a couple of things about this quote that interest me. Um, one, I think that's a great point by Craig. I think it might be just trying to understand the market because the market's insane right now. The market's crazy at wide receiver. Christian Kirk blew the market up. And Tyreek Hill, I think the APY on his contract's what, $30 million? So it's just, it's nuts. And so like I think there's probably a little bit of trying to understand where other teams are at with this market. Maybe teams are feeling a little bit more nervous and willing to move on from receivers because 
you know, they're anticipating this market becoming absolutely insane. Um, but the other thing that interests me about this quote, maybe it's on the flip side of all this, which is why I kind of wonder if it's just more like they're asking and they're trying to learn, you know, I don't think the chiefs go at the receiver market with a shotgun approach. And so <laughs> it's just like the chiefs are looking for anybody and anybody like you're asking around, they're calling everyone trying to find a wide receiver. Like the receiver position is so specific. It's a very unique. I mean, do you talk about building your receiver room, like a basketball team? Okay. The chiefs have inquired about players. It's really what it reads like to me because like, I that, that you don't just take a shotgun approach at the receiver spot. So it's like, okay, so what's the real intent of what they're doing right now? Are they trying to re you know, understand the current state of the market more than actually trying to identify players? Or here's the other one. What if they are trying to leverage team? Like they have a their, their target. They've locked in on a target. What if they've locked in on a target? And they're trying to leverage the situation by understanding the market a little bit differently. Well, hey, yeah. You know, I know people throw LaVisca Chenault's name out around a lot. Like lately, like there's rumors about LaVisca. Maybe it's, hey, look, I know, hey, hey, Trent Balky, I know you value the wide receiver position more than anybody in the history of the world because you're giving Christian Kirk uh, half of Jacksonville. But uh, LaVisca is not worth the third round pick because Team X is trying, you know, I wonder if there's some of that gamesmanship there too trying to just, you know, the, the reason that they're doing Intel on the market is actually that. I mean, so the, the counter to that is that the Chiefs don't have anybody under contract, really, really under contract next year. So going with a shotgun approach may not be the worst idea in the world, because if you do find, <laughs> and by, by a shotgun approach, I mean, they're still targeting certain guys. It's not just like, hey, who you got? No, it's, you know, they still got certain guys, but it might not be specific types. It may be, you know, hey, we liked this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and they're all four different types of receivers, and they're trying to figure out how they can build the receiving core going forward with a combination of guys rather than maybe just one bullet that's that's doing it all. But man, I I hope it's for a specific type uh, because I think when you look at what the Chiefs have done over the past two years, it does look like there's a little bit of a transition to a different style of offense. And when you're going through that, I mean, you could definitely look at the receiver group and Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like those are different types of receivers. I mean, MVS is still a deep threat, a vertical deep threat, but he does it from the outside. He's also big. He can also block very well and be physical. Those are just different types of receivers than they've had. I would say both of these guys play as physical, if not more physical than Sammy Watkins. And he's been the most physical receiver that Chiefs have had during Patrick Mahomes' tenure at the very least, if not further, going even farther back to Dwayne Bowe, maybe. So like mm -hmm. they're clearly targeting a different style of player. I could absolutely see them going out, doing this widespread shotgun information gathering over all these different guys with the very clear goal of to add more receivers that fit that specific skill set. Cause like, I don't know if I see if all of a sudden you come out and you try to bring in, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if the chiefs go get Terry McLaurin, but he also doesn't fit the general mold of what everything else they are doing. And he's also an older player. So like we got to account for that too, but he's not a guy that fits that same mold as the other two. And I'm not saying it's a bad move. Same thing with Tyler Lockett. Those guys don't fit the mold that everything else, the offensive line, the other wide receivers, Ronald Jones, it doesn't fit the direction that every other part of the offense is pointing to. So can you look at it as 
you're rounding out a full complementary skill set or you just adding a random outlier because you're panicking about your wide receiver like which one is it if you go that route yeah and see like i i do think that they're making concerted effort to go more physical hey we watched Denzel Mims stock block his ass off in Mobile a couple of years ago. A guy that is on the fringe of the Jets. He would make a lot of sense. Is that one of the Jets' top receivers? Unfortunately for them, yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, like, but it's 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 guys like that, that that lean into the more physical style, that lean into the ability to block, to play through contact. You know, I, I do think that, They've really made a concerted effort, like Matty said, to do that on multiple facets now. And then you're also adding Ronald Jones, a guy that's a physical back, runs through contact well, better than other guys that they have on the roster. So, I mean, they're very clearly going towards more of a power type of player. And again, that doesn't mean that they're just going to line up at Patrick Mahomes under center and run the ball 40 times a game. That's still not going to be the case, but the way that they're deployed, these guys, the way that they can use it, it does appear that they want to get a little more punishing on offense here. So yeah, I do think that there's a specific type that there's a target there, but I mean, at at the same time, you still need bodies beyond this year. It's not going to be a one-year thing. It's not going to be, you know, just a simple thing that they're going to try and fill the role just for this year i think they're looking for guys long term in this sort of fact-finding mission that they're doing right now so okay so do do we think the chiefs draft a wide receiver and acquire a veteran in some capacity via trade via free agency do we think that there are two roster spots at the receiver position yet to be filled by guys that will be there in week one so i think that's what this process is about I think this whole thing is a giant information gathering process. What they're going to, what I think the Chiefs are going to do with all this information, they're going to compare where, which section, where in the draft, the pools of wide receivers in this draft, where they have them stacked. So they're going to look at the wide receivers that they have between 10 and 20, and they're going to compare what it's going to cost them to trade up to 10 and 20 to get those guys. And then what if they take that same capital? What receivers can they what veteran receivers can they trade for with that which is the better idea for them they're gonna do that all the way through the drafts like i think the part of the process right now is they're gathering all the information they can to figure out can they just trade for one veteran can they trade the same amount of draft capital for one veteran that you know what they can give you rather than trading up with that same capital for a draft pick because if you get the proven player you don't need to If you trade, again, hypothetical, for Terry McLaurin, you don't have to draft a wide receiver in the first two days of the draft. You can, but you don't have to. So like that changes the formula of what they're going to do. So it's just all information gathering. They're comparing what what a pick 29 and 62, what wide receivers does that get you in the draft? What trades in the NFL, what current veteran wide receivers can that get you on the trade market right now? That's what I think they're doing with the whole process. I totally agree with that. It's... It's a twofold process there. If they can get by with just staying put, keeping draft capital, and being able to build with guys that they like, obviously they're going to try and do that. If they're going to look at the board and say, hey, if we see a run on receivers coming at this point, or we hear rumors that there's going to be a run on receivers coming before it gets to us, we need to pull the trigger on this veteran over here because it's actually going to cost more to trade up. that it's what they did with frank clark everybody looks at that and goes well they gave up a first and the third they should have stayed put and drafted somebody they would have given up a first and a third to go get a rookie and you know 
it's those sorts of things that Brett Veach is always weighing the pockets of the draft. He is always weighing. If you listen to him talk about the drafts at all, it's always pockets. We believe there's a pocket of guys at this spot. We believe there's a pocket of guys at this spot. That's exactly how he looks at it. So yeah, he's just balancing all that is all that out and trying to make sure that he understands where the value is and where he can maximize because he's got 12 assets. He's not planning on keeping them all, but he's got to figure out the best way to use them rather than just stay and put flying by the seat of his pants, regardless of what some people think. There is a plan here. I fully believe that. He's just trying to flesh it out before we get to the point where he has to take action. And this is the good time to do it because, you know, if you're re- you know, if you're really trying to you're not pulling a fast one, but if you this is a good time to do it because you just got done trading Tyree Kill. And so now you are in the wake of that, trying to understand the rest of, you know, you can do it under the guise of I'm trying to trade for your, I would like your one Jalen Rager, please. Yeah. Uh, you can ask around and you can try to look for some guys engage that market. So this is a good opportunity to, opened up to really do that with a little bit of freedom, I think, because of the situation that this football team is put in after the fact. <clears throat> so if I had to ask, what is, if you got to make this trade for a wide receiver right now and you know, make it realistic, but let's say that this was going to happen. Like, what's your choice? Like, what are you trading for what's wide receiver? Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to trade a day three pick for LaVisca Chenault. I'll do a pick swap. I'll do something like that. I, I'll figure out a way to make that work with one of your round fours, maybe bounce back in round five and take LaVisca Chenault. And then I'm adding a guy still in day two, maybe at the end of day two. Uh, we'll just kind of see how the Ooh. board falls, but I, I would, oh. I would load up again with a guy and then you've got Chenault, you've got a day two receiver and you've got MVS still technically under contract. I mean, you've got that option to get out, but you've got three guys that you can technically build off of at that point. Interesting. So you're waiting until you said 62. Uh, 62 and then i'll see how the board is it, i'm not gonna reach for one i might take a guy so, in, you know the third round I'll, I'll i'll see i i would i would do something for lavisca chanel and i'd still take a receiver in the first two picks of my draft maybe top three <laughs> you know i so, might be like 50s the floor for where i'm drafting a receiver still i think you I might think you might still LaVisca. catch value at 50 I think LaVisca Chenault is just good enough that you don't have to take a receiver with your first two picks, but I would, I would be a little nervous to, I looking at the wide receiver board after pick 50, I don't usually like, and these are just mock draft simulators, but after pick 50, I don't usually like what's left. So like that would be kind of my floor. And then you're still kind of pushing yourself up against the wall, but I get not needing to needing to take one in round one. If you make that trade, Kent, who are you trading for? That's um, the Visca is my trade. That's that's what I, I was saying. I'm agreeing with him, but I'm all just of our eggs in that basket. I'm <laughs> drafting a receiver a little bit earlier. Is all my whole my, Man, my you mentality guys can is do I'm not waiting till 62. Anything I like you it. want, and you guys want to trade for Lavisca. Anything, the entire world is your oyster, and you guys decide to just eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I told yes. you AJ Brown and Stefan Diggs earlier in the podcast, and you guys laughed. Well, <laughs> that's where I'm going is I'm trading for AJ Brown. And I I didn't say this is gonna be realistic. I just said the trade has to be realistic. This probably isn't gonna happen. I doubt the Titans would trade with the Chiefs. I'm giving them a one and a three. That's less than Devontae Adams gets. Titans fans can yell at me in the comments all they want. He's not getting in a trade if he were to be traded more than Devontae Adams, more than Tyreek Hill. He won't get traded for as much. He wouldn't get paid as much because he's not as good as those two. 
but a one and a I, three. Dude, I think mm, I think you're running into no if he's I'm not saying he's worth it. I think you are running into another contract issue with AJ Brown. You cross that you think that he's gonna ask for 30 million? You think no, no but I think more he's, importantly, you think he's gonna ask for 95 million guaranteed. I think he is going to ask for a lot of money. I think it will be at the top of the market when he gets paid. And I don't know if the Chiefs would be willing to do that because I believe Tyreek Hill is a better player than AJ Brown. I would I agree with that too. And a guy that plays they, longer. Counterpoint, they tell him that he's not worth Tyreek Hill money and no <laughs> one's gonna offer it to him. He takes less from the Chiefs or from another team that doesn't have 90 plus million guaranteed dollars to it. He's younger. So it also makes a little bit more sense to lock him up long-term for big money than it does a receiver that's getting older. He fits. What did we just say? The Chiefs seem to be trending towards physical, bigger players. Guess who's a really big, really physical player? Oh. AJ oh. Brown. I, I, this is a very unrealistic trade to happen. I just think that it, it would make sense with the way the moves are going. When everybody was talking about, oh my God, the Chiefs are trying to trade for a top receiver. Like Everyone's immediate reaction is DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. I don't a get AJ Brown. Yeah, I don't get Tyler. I'd rather Lockett. have AJ Brown too easily. Craig went right to AJ Brown. A lot of people went scary Terry. And like I think if you start checking off pieces, the the two that make the most sense are DK Metcalf or AJ Brown. And I don't know if either are available in any sense. I have no idea. But a one and a three for AJ Brown, like if I in the perfect world, that's that's where I'm going. And I have no problems paying him $25 million a year versus 30 if that's what Tyreek Hill's getting. Like you get less. You're still you don't need to get as much as DeAndre Hopkins either. Like, let's calm down here, AJ Brown. Take take the fourth best wide receiver money in the NFL and be happy about it. Yeah. I mean, is I, he the fourth I, best wide receiver in the that. NFL? He's up there. You're I fine can, yeah. paying that. Like, yeah, I think I, that's a I good just, team. Contract. He's quickly going to be replaced by Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, too. So, like oh, goodness, immediately. Next yeah, year. You're chilling. That's yeah, yeah, you're chilling. I'm just, I don't know. I'm interested in not paying Tyreek Hill so you can trade him and then trade most of your draft capital that you got for Tyreek Hill to pay AJ Brown. I know. I, I know listen, you, you get it. I, I, you know, I get it. That's, yeah. I, I get the I'm argument. Really, I, I don't and, love it either. Sick, like, really I'm don't. sick of this team paying a ton of draft capital to pay top of market. Like they've got a, the, the cycle has not worked. It has not worked. It's not. Hey, been, how many Super Bowls before. have they played in since they've been doing that, Kent? Cool. How many championship games have they played in since they've been doing that, Kent? Four. Well, I would argue. You... I would. Are we sure? But are we sure it's a res, as a result of those big contracts? Because I mean, it's Frank a result Clark, of return of on investment on Frank Clark, Pat Patrick Mahomes. That's that's really what it is. That's, here, that's what I'm but... saying. I don't. I don't know if it's the cycle of paying these big expensive contracts and putting your eggs in five or putting five eggs in the basket instead of trying to have 12 in the basket because they well, keep the loading up with these. The, the counterpoint is you don't have a receiving core that Patrick Mahomes is comfortable with guys that he yeah. wants. Isn't your, isn't your job to keep him happy. You want yes. him to be happy. If Patrick Mahomes comes to you and says, Hey, I need a dude. I need one of these dudes here, and all yeah. those guys are going to cost a one and a three Where's to that? Go get. Where's that? I do. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patrick yeah. Holmes is like, I need AJ Brown. Like, okay, go get AJ Brown. Further like, counterpoint. Fine with that. Like, we can be upset by pricey contracts. Like, do the Chiefs win their Super Bowl without Frank Clark? I mean, it's people have different opinions, but do we think that they win that year without him? Okay. Do they win with that year without Chris Jones? Do they win it without Tyree Kill? Like, how many? What Chris players Jones wasn't can you paid yet? 
Chris Jones wasn't paid yet. I know, but he was, wasn't he on? Wasn't he on the tag that year? I thought he was on the tag that year, which was still, no. He was on the tag the next year. The next year, mm, Tyree Kill had a little bit of money. Travis Kelsey, a little bit of money. Mitchell Sammy Schwartz, Watkins had a bit of money. A little bit of money. Sammy Watkins. There's enough guys that, like we're saying we don't like paying those contracts, but can you remove those contracts and still win that Super Bowl? I don't think so. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't yeah, think so. The, the I, also, I also know the exact way to Kent's heart. What if Patrick says that he wants it? Like that's the easiest way to pick kids' heart because he's like, well, I mean, yeah. The, the last like that, the and, last yeah. time he chimed in on a first round pick went well. I don't care. Look, if Patrick's happy, I'm happy. If Patrick's if Patrick's <laughs> not, true. you know, if if Patrick's content, I'm, yeah, fine. You know what? <laughs> Andrew Wiley can play tight end. I don't care. Like let him line up at X. I don't. He's got fine. He's got yeah, probably. You know, just whatever. Cool. Uh, all right. So we had this. Uh, we did have some uh, some some stuff we wanted to do today. Uh, this was this is Matt. Do you want to lay it out? You go for it. This is your this is your idea. Okay. Well, as we said, the uh, draft is a you know about a month away, and there's a lot of dead period leading up to this time where not a lot of stuff happens in the football world, especially because pro days are ending uh, here oh, after this weekend. Pro days will be over. All the information's out. Like maybe you're waiting for Derek Stingley to finally do something or something like that. But, like you're, there's no new information that's coming. We all just kind of sit on our hands for the next month. So over that time, to fill some of this, you know, to fill some of this stuff in, we're going to start looking at some perfect fits for the Chiefs at specific positions. So this week, we're going to talk about the cornerback. We'll let Craig lay out what the Chiefs look for in the cornerback position. What do they want? And then we're going to look at a day one a day two and a day three perfect fit for the Chiefs from this draft class at the corner position. So, Craig, the floor is yours. Great. Cornerback uh, for the Chiefs. Well, first of all, in round one, they don't look for cornerbacks. So the, my job was really easy. So in should this. we change no. this to round four, five, and seven? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, he they look for guys that are very physical, uh, especially Steve Spagnuolo. Uh, arm length is good, not necessarily required, but preferred. But the physicality, the ability to have ball production, that's what he wants out there is guys that can go up and get the ball. He wants to be able to press. He wants to be able to play in different alignments, man, zone, whatever it is. He wants to be able to play a whole litany of things, and he doesn't necessarily care about long speed. Now, he would prefer it, but it's not necessarily important. He wants guys that will play physical, play long underneath, and get to the ball. So my guy has all of those elements, plus the man in the zone flexibility, and he's got a little speed in Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Um, a guy that may or may not be there. He's probably going to go pretty high in round one, but this injury has prevented him from testing at all during the offseason process here. So there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of unknowns. We don't know what the medical checks brought up for several of the teams. Chiefs aren't necessarily one of those teams that are going to go out of their way to approve a guy with a serious medical thing, but maybe some other teams are a little more reticent. He makes so much sense for Spagnolo, and he's got the fluid feet and cornerbacks that I like really quick foot fire ability to mirror he's got good punch some teams are not going to like him because he's going to be too physical beyond the five yards guess who doesn't care about that Steve Spagnolo, and he'll go up and get the ball I mean he's a true talent I don't know that he's going to be for everybody and that medical history could drive some teams off but man he makes a ton of sense for Steve Spagnolo in round one now, unfortunately, I think he just had sports hernia surgery like today. I mm -hmm. don't know if that is something that's going to impact his draft stock a ton. He's not going to be able to test before the draft starts, but I think he's also he's not going to be. I believe the report was he will not be um, available until like they're hoping he can be back by training camp. So he's going to miss basically the entire offseason. Hmm. Not great, and it's, that might have a little bit of an impact on his draft stock, but he's just he's a guy that I was okay missing out on the the combine testing because I think he's he moves well enough that I can sit here and say, nope, you know what? I don't I don't need to see what you run because I know you can run. I know you can jump, change directions. Like he's one of the few guys that you don't have to see test. But I do wonder what that kind of injury and the surgery does. Brett Veach is very very clear every year. They don't like the value of the corner at the positions they draft at the end of round one. They don't like the value available when they pick at corner. Guess mm -hmm. what? If Andrew Booth is there, injury-related or not, that value is great. Like You yes. cannot spin this nonsense about the value at corner if you pass on Andrew Booth at 29 of it not being there. That doesn't work. He's a great fit. He's only getting better. The value is going to be I mean, fantastic. If you come out of this draft and say, oh, we didn't like the value of the corners available, you're lying through your teeth. Just say you don't care about the cornerback position, and let's move on. Oh, Some ball production in the back seven, here. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they Pacey need it. draft guide. Matty, do you know who you comped Andrew Booth Jr. to? Oh, why, are you gonna put, why do you have to put me on the spot like this? It's Marshawn Lattimore. You yeah, comped him say, with Marshawn Lattimore. I had, a couple, I had two guesses, and he was one of them. I have seen some other people comp him to Janoris Jenkins, Jack Rabbit, a little bit with how physical he plays underneath, the way that he tackles. He's a very good tackling corner as well, so I see how people can get to that conclusion. Those are guys that are like Spagnolo's dream 
corn. I mean, like those are those are his type of dudes. So just makes some sense. And I went with Lattimore because you watch Lattimore coming out. It is a guy that you look at him and you say he moves different. Not just speed, mm-hmm. not just jump. He's just a guy that he you he moved differently than other guys. And that's how I've described Booth this entire time. So yeah, like I I think that that's a great day one, day one fit. Kent, they missed out on Booth. They don't like the value of Booth at 29. It's not good enough for him. <laughs> Who are they taking in day two? Probably nobody. They don't like the value of, of Andrew Booth at 29. Uh, okay, so we're gonna go to we're gonna go to the uh, AAC. Uh, we are going to the American Athletic Conference. We are going to go to Cincinnati. We're gonna go grab Kobe Bryant. That's C O B Y. Uh, he is a requisite length, uh, density to his frame for the cornerback position. A guy that's that's physical. Uh, a guy that can play zone or man um he's best I, I think he's the best when he can get his hands on a, on a receiver because he's not a great athlete i think that's kind of the downside of kobe bryant but i think from a football intelligence from a football character perspective he's up there at, at, at the top of this class it's just you know physical limitations but guess what the chiefs love cornerbacks with physical limitations <laughs> they love they love first round cornerbacks with with day three athletic profiles like i mean Damon Arnett, DeAndre Bay. So I, I I like Kobe Bryant for the the football IQ, physicality, length, size, all that kind of stuff. Willing tackler, uh, like I said, high football character. These are all quality traits, and I think he's smart enough that I think he could probably play quicker than maybe some of these other cornerbacks. He might be more pro ready because of the the football IQ. C. Spagnuolo is going to like that. He might trust him a little bit quicker because of it. This team needs to trust the cornerback pretty quickly. Yeah, he certainly got it. I mean, he was a guy last year when I was watching Cincinnati stuff that like everybody was all about Sauce Gardner and rightfully so. He's an elite cornerback, but I was always very impressed with Kobe Bryant and it was mostly the IQ side and the physicality side. And yeah, like Ken said, makes perfect sense for Spags and a guy that you don't have to spend as premium of an asset on to get in your room and probably plays pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I think he's a pro-ready guy. He has a ton of ball production. As, as He fits everything that Craig talked about. He can be physical, willing tackler, got good length, good size, and he's got a ton of ball production. My, my concern with Kobe Bryant is when you look at this Chiefs secondary, they, they, they do need a, a cornerback one. Charvarius Ward maybe wasn't even a cornerback one in our minds, but for the Chiefs, he clearly was. They did let him travel with some wide receiver ones at times. He had some epic battles with top guys. Kobe Bryant, I don't, I don't think that's him. And like, I think that's not him. So like you bring him in and all of a sudden you're going to have him follow Mike Williams around. You're going to have him follow Devonte Adams. I get real scared and that's the case. And so then if not, you're still getting Fenton versus those guys, which isn't ideal either. It's so like, that's my only holdup. But if you're waiting till day two, I don't know if you have much of a better option. Like Kobe Bryant brings you a very safe floor. I don't think without a super high ceiling and I, the chiefs are a little all over the place, the direction they go, but it does seem like they tried to take a few bigger swings at corner. Oddly enough, despite never doing it early, but like they usually besides fit. And it seems like some of the guys are just high athletic profiles at the cornerback position. I will say this Kobe Bryant tier three C bat almost <laughs> tier four like right on the edge of being the lowest tier that has not stopped the chiefs at all in the steve spagnolo era from getting guys that are like that yeah. they, they, the iq the ball production outweighs a lot of that other stuff mm-hmm. 
I know we're looking for a day three option here, Maddie. I wonder if he sticks. I do you have anybody that might stick? I, I think I got a guy that'll stick, and we're going back to the ACC. We're going to Pittsburgh for Damari Mathis. And he's an interesting guy because he playing in that quarters coverage that they love to run at Pittsburgh, it's hard to get a good idea of how fast he is, how athletic he can be. But guess what? He goes to the combine, runs under a sub 4-4. He comes through his pro day, jumps 44 inches on his vertical, over 11 feet in the broad jump, good shuttle. He's a super athlete. And then you come back and you look at the IQ on the field and, that, and the zone that Pitt's running. You look at his physicality, the length that he has in his arms. He's the whole package that you're going to want out of a developmental corner that you're getting on day three. Yes, completely uh, raw, but a guy that is going to line up and have the athletic ability to cover anybody. He's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the agility, he's got all the explosion that you could ever ask from a cornerback. He is somebody that you can mold and shape if you're Steve Spagnolo. I bet he sticks with that athletic profile. If you're looking for a set of golf clubs, check out Sticks Golf. They are a wonderful company. If you are if you fell in love with golf like I did during the pandemic, this is a company that is for you. You know, I, I started with kind of a basic set. I needed something as my game grew. Sticks was exactly that. So you go to sticks.golf, promo code KCSN10 gets you 10% off your set of sticks golf clubs. You will not regret it. Maybe I'll see you out on the course with him. Uh okay. So uh anything else on Damari Mathis? I like oh, the a idea. lot I more. I know like you kind of <laughs> you like him a little bit. Oh, yeah, no, no, there, there's a lot more here. Um, so, like, we talk about ball production. Five interceptions throughout, you know, his career, which is okay. Not great, but it's good. 18 passes defensed, and this was, you know, with him only being a part-time player for his first two years. Like, check off ball production. Then you're going to jump back. Arm length, we're creeping up near 32 inches, which is good. We're over 31. Like, that's hitting the, the amount that we need. We talked about the athletic profile, so you check all those boxes. Then you go look. I get the concern. People are like, oh, he's a zone corner. They're playing at this pit zone stuff. Guess what? And that quarter scheme, if you get on the backside, you're on an island in quarters. And the way that Pitt runs their defense, you're on an island. So he's playing press on an island on the backside of a formation. Now, I do think there's some uncomfortableness when he has to carry stuff vertically. Guess who else looks wildly uncomfortable trying to play the ball vertically? Charvarius Ward, Rashad Fenton, everybody the Chiefs have at corner. So like the fact that he can mix it up really well in two-hand punch one hand punch he can shuffle out after he fakes like he has the entire repertoire at his fingertips and then you add on the athletic profile i I think we're looking at a fringe day two day three pick but the nfl was considering moving him to safety so like if you can grab that guy on day three like i think i think that's the sky's the limit kind of pick Uh, man Tier one C-bat that the NFL has as a fringe safety corner that might be available in round four. We've never heard of one of those guys before. No. no, it, no. It, what it, are you talking about? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, Damari Mathis makes a ton of sense for a lot of that stuff. Um, the, the the stuff that we need to consider with him is that it's not a luxurious need scenario. It's not one of those where you're like, yeah, that guy's getting on the field immediately. We can trust that it's going to be like, I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case, but he gives you some insurance. He gives you that kind of body in the room. I mean, they've taken a stab on a lot of those guys lately. I mean, Bo Pete Keys was one of those guys, raw guy, you know, had a little bit of athletic ability and some ball skills. They just brought in Luke Barku, another tier one C-bat, my guy, Luke Barku. 
ball skills, athletic ability. Like that's what they've started to trend towards. So if that's going to be the case and they're going to invest in another one of these guys, that's, you know, a top tier guy, then he makes all the sense because you can get value and the best that you can get just like McAdoodles gives you value and elite selection and elite customer service. I mean, you've heard me speak on it for almost a full year now, and we're so happy that one of these is coming to Kansas City, Lee's Summit, Missouri, but we're not happy enough, just like we're not happy with the Chiefs' cornerback room. They need to add more elite top-tier guys to the room, just like we need more elite top-tier liquor stores wherever you are, all over the Midwest. So get a hold of Roger, info at macadoodles.com. Let's start putting these everywhere and fill it out that way we can all benefit from having this elite value in our area all right we are going to move on for another maddie lane idea that i think is a lot of fun and i'm going to lead us off with this so it is uh we don't really have a name for it. it's wild scenarios that might happen probably won't happen they won't happen these are just way out of these are way out of left field fun crazy wacky ideas uh, and so I'm going to throw one out at, at these guys. This is just something that could happen in the next month. You know, just we're just going to throw a wild, crazy scenario. I'm going to throw this one out. It's draft day. Okay. And wild. the cheat. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> just wait. So I'm doing all this draft math stuff, right? And, you know, we look at the trade charts. And if you took the Chiefs' first three picks in the draft, 29, 30, and 50. It is the exact amount of draft capital in the Rich Hill model of the trade chart, which kind of uses basically like the historical data of actual NFL trades to do the math on how much each pick is valued at. It is exactly the value of the third pick in the draft. And the Houston Texans hold the third pick in the draft. And they are a terrible football team that has a lot of issues on their roster they also hold the 13th pick so they're not trading all the way back to 29 here's a crazy wacky wild scenario that probably won't happen in the next month the chiefs trade 29 30 and 50 to go all the way up to grab one of trayvon walker or aiden hutchinson whichever one is available there is my wacky crazy wild scenario and maddie has logged out Bye, Maddie. Ridiculous, preposterous, <laughs> asinine. No chance you trade that much stuff to get anything but a quarterback. That's I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean. Look, the Chiefs would still have sixty. They basically still have their draft capital that they had before the Tyree Kill trade uh, in the first four in the first four rounds. I, so, I mean, actually, no. They'd have a little. They'd have the fourth round pick still. So. I don't know. Like if they love Trayvon Walker, they want to, they they believe Trayvon Walker is a blue chip prospect. If Aiden Hutchinson's falling to three and they believe he's a blue chip prospect, maybe they go take a big aggressive swing to go secure their guy. Maddie, how upset would you be if they took that aggressive of a swing for Trayvon Walker? I would walk off of the KCSN live show draft show that will be happening during that pick. I will get up, I will walk out, and I will not return until the Chiefs make another pick because that is ludicrous. <laughs> they are giving up like over double what the Bears gave up to get Khalil Mack 
when he was the best player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They're giving up over double of the value. Like, no, no chance. Out, hard out, leaving the show. Now, what if it's for Sauce Gardner, who has now become the odds-on favorite for the number four overall pick in the Which, draft? Wow. Good for him. Wow. For, no, for real. Now it's we a corner, re- Maddie. We could record a social bit of us all giving the finger to the Jets just because, but then I'm still walking off and not returning until the Chiefs <laughs> pick. There's no player hilarious. in this draft you would trade that much draft capital for. There is no. no. There's, yeah. there's I wonder. Not, I, I don't even know. It's like it's hard looking back now. It's easy to say you would for certain quarterbacks, but like if you were to look to next year where the quarterback class is looking to be stronger, even if a team needed a quarterback, if they had all that's a lot for a quarterback, you might be able to make it be okay. But if a oh, they, team had Moore's been given up for quarterbacks before to sure. draft Three one first round picks, not at the very back end of the first. I mean, to draft one though, two first round picks in the same year plus all, I don't know, that's a lot. Now, a lot of- that being said, that being said, I I think that I think that if you're making that trade, you're doing it for a player at that point. Like I don't a think you're moving specific. up like a player. Like Nick Bosa is now available because the 49ers are crazy and they're putting him on I'd the I'd do that for Nick Bosa. Yeah, sure I'd do that would. for Nick Bosa in a heartbeat. He's a proven commodity. Trevon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson are Wait, not. And they still Maddie, would cut. you, would you not trade? Would you trade 29, 30, and 50 for Nick Bosa? <laughs> I think he I think he's I think he over double what they paid for <laughs> Khalil Mack. Why is this not registering? And I I'm love gonna Nick go Bosa. do the math on the Khalil Mack trade. It was like the it was between the eighth and twelfth pick. It was. It, I, I don't even think it was a top 10 pick for Khalil Mack. I've done it. it. I don't think it was a top 10 pick, but there was a lot of picks back and forth. And it was two picks. first. But there was stuff coming back. There was and stuff coming back. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't. I really don't think it was. I think it was like a 10, the 10th pick. And we're talking no. about the okay, value fine. of the third pick. And I love Nick Bosa. I'm as big of a fan of Nick Bosa as anybody else. I think he's better than Joey already. No chance. Okay, fine. We gave up 62 instead. <laughs> Instead of 50. There you go, Maddie. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. (laughs) Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Maddie has already quit this show. Hey, buy the KCSN Draft Guide. It releases on Wednesday. There's a link in the bio. Catch you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.